Amen. You want to stay? Yeah, stay for a little bit. <laughs> Amen. God is good. You know when you're in a sports like game or something and your team wins or or uh they do something good, right? And you get super crazy. I'm a big Lakers fan. So, amen. So when the Lakers used to win, when Kobe was around, and I remember watching, I was still living at my mom's with uh, Jesse, and watching those moments where Derek Fisher hits a shot with .04 seconds left in the game. It's not even one second, guys. It's less than that. And I, was, I thought it was over. Like, I, I'm so negative. Ah, it's over. And my brother would be like, no, just wait. And I'd be like, no, it's over. This is it. And he would hit this shot, and we'd be the loudest people in the neighborhood. Like, yeah, running around, taking our shirts off. Anyway, bad image. And uh, I remember when uh, Robert Ori uh, hit a shot, too. And I know sport references are the worst at church because no one – gets him sometimes they're like who's Robert Ori big shot Bob guys okay google it and Vlade Divac goes for the rebound and he hits it right he hits it like a volleyball he hits it and it Robert Ori's at the three-point line just like out of nowhere and he it lands right on him and he shoots the three to win the game and it's I went I went crazy so when someone asks um you know, why, do, why can't we get like that for church? It's for a reason. It's because, because it's in us. And it shows. Like when the Dodgers won this week. Amen? Any Dodgers fans? I saw, I've never seen so many Facebook posts in my life. It was like Dodger this and Dodger that. And everyone was excited. And I saw your social medias. So I know you can get loud. I know you can get crazy. So we, for some reason, we don't transfer that to, to worship. We, we like separate those two things because we think that that's, that's like for sports, right? We think like that's like how we are with sports. But man, in heaven, it's 24 hours of celebration and praise. And I, and I feel like some of us, are like a praise away from breakthrough. Amen? It, it, might be, it, it might be financial, it might be health, it might be whatever it is. It might be that you're, you're looking for a new job or whatever it might be, but you're just like one praise away from breakthrough. One, one worship moment away from saying, God, I, I'm going to worship you, I'm going to praise you. No matter how I feel, no matter what's happening, I'm going to praise you for what I want. Not for what I have, for what you've, for what you're gonna do, not just for what you've done. That's that's like going into the future and pulling what's for you today, with that praise. And so I know you can celebrate the greatest victory. Forget the Dodgers, forget the Lakers. There's not gonna be Dodgers in heaven. I'm sorry, or Lakers, but there's gonna be Jesus. And Jesus is worth celebrating every day. Amen. Yes. 
So I've been talking about this community thing. Thank you. A hand for uh, David, please. Amen. Look how sharp he looks today. Whoa. There you go. Walk it out. All right. I've been talking about community. And uh, uh, four things that I've talked about that are, like, important in community in a team. And that is being, number one is great cause. Uh, our great cause for us is the cross. I'm not going to talk too much about these. Second thing is connection. We need leaders to relate to and people to relate with. The third thing is uh, language. We talked about speaking the language of the Holy Spirit and how important that is. The fourth thing is about agreement and agreeing with heaven. Not just for us, but for the lives of people around us. And today, I want to talk to you about winning and celebrating. Because God designed you to win. He made you to win. But I'll explain what that means because sometimes winning for us in our head and in our heart, we might think of it differently than how heaven thinks about it. So we were designed to win when Jesus formed Adam and Eve and he told them, go, subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply. He's telling them, manage the earth well, be fruitful and multiply, go and win, go steward what God has given you and be successful at it. That's God's desire for you, that what he gives you and, and what he puts on you, that you would be good at it. Amen. He didn't want Adam and Eve to fail. Maybe he knew it because he's God in all his, his wisdom, but he didn't want them to fail. He set them up for success. He said, go, go and subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply. And he tells the disciples, Jesus Christ tells the disciples the same thing. He goes, go and make disciples of all nations. Go win. Go win uh, uh, souls for Jesus. Go make disciples of nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I have taught you. Go and be successful in what I've called you to be. So you're designed, you're formed to win. There's this desire for you when you get in a team, when you get in community, just as a person, to win. Now, some of us take it overboard. We're competitive, and we get mad, and we get angry at stuff. But, but that's because God has put something in you. It might be a little twisted, but he's putting something in you to win and to celebrate. Do you believe that? That's what he's put inside you. I believe that in heaven, winning is normal. There's no losers in heaven. You know who's the loser? Satan. He's the loser. And he wants you to feel as much of a loser as he is. Amen? But in heaven, winning is normal. It's the norm in heaven. Winning and celebrating and praise and worship is normal in heaven. And I know sometimes for us it gets difficult to be in that place of celebration, to be in that place of winning. Because we think, man, well, I'm not necessarily getting the stuff I want or getting the things that I like. And how could that be winning? Well, I'm going to get to that in just a second because sometimes we have a skewed view of what winning is. And winning in heaven is when God gets what he wants. When his will is, is fulfilled. That's winning in heaven. Do you understand what I mean? When God wins, heaven celebrates. They celebrate that God's desire has been fulfilled. Amen. Not our desire, but God's is what we want. So when God's desire is fulfilled, we win. 
We win as a people. We win. <laughs> I believe God is preparing us for a time of celebration and praise like we've never seen before. I truly, truly believe that. God is setting up the platform right now. He's teaching all of us that praise and worship are a part of our life. That when King David would praise God, when he would take his robes off, take his clothes off, he would look ridiculous to some people, so especially his wife. His wife is like, what are you doing, bruh? What is your problem? Why should a king be doing all of this? No, a king should be sitting down with his crown and people should be worshiping him. That was her idea of worship. And David's like, no, you don't understand. My worship, my heart, my praise, my life is for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm here as a king because he has made me victorious. How many victorious Christians are in the house today? Raise your hand. You are victorious. Whether you feel it or not, you are victorious in Jesus' name. And it is time for you to take off your nice robes and start to worship and praise the king of kings. We got to worship and praise the king of kings like never before. Like it's our last time. On earth, in heaven, you're, obviously it's, it's going to be easier in heaven. There's not going to be a price to pay in heaven anymore. It's not going to be a sacrifice anymore. But you have an opportunity here on earth. You have an opportunity that through your suffering, through the stuff you're going through, through living in this body, you have the opportunity to worship God like never before. That's why the angels are amazed. They look at us and they think, wow, how can these people worship? They're below the angels. They live in those bodies. How can they worship God? How can they praise God? They're made out of dust. Heaven, angels are in awe of our worship and our praise. So I really do believe that there's a praise and a celebration coming for Grace and Love Church like never before. That you're going to have to break some stuff. You're going to have to let go of some stuff. You're going to have to stop being embarrassed. You have to stop being shy. As I was worshiping today, I was... I saw this, this like, tower, and, and, and in the tower, there was, like, a jail at the top of that tower, and, and, and someone was in there as a prisoner, and, and, and I, I was looking at that, and the Lord said to me, that's a stronghold. When, when, when back in the day, when they would put people in these towers as prisoners, it was a stronghold because... It was not an easy place to get to to, to free someone. It, it was a, a tough place to get to. And so there would be soldiers all around. And there would be like one small door to try to get to this prisoner. Anyway, I saw this, this tower. And, and I saw this thing. And, and someone was in there as a prisoner. And this is what God told me. He said, look, my people are deceived sometimes. They are deceived to think that they don't have enough power, enough strength in me 
to worship me out of these strongholds that the enemy tries to put them in. That's why I'm telling you, you could be one praise away from breaking through. One praise away from breaking through. But it's tough sometimes. I know, I understand. It's tough to come to church when you don't feel like it or when stuff is heavy on you and, and you've been going through stuff and you don't know, you know, and you don't feel it and your flesh is like, you want to be comfortable, you just want to stay home. And it's important for you that in those moments, listen to me, church, it's important for you that in those moments, you choose the right thing. That you choose the spirit over the flesh. That you decide, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't like people right now, but I'm going to go worship God. I'm going to go praise God because it might be that moment that will bring breakthrough in your life. You don't think I come to church heavy sometimes? You don't think I don't come to church sometimes and not feeling it and I have to preach? And I come and I, I'm very intentional and I tell people, don't bother me while I'm worshiping. Please, because I need this moment right now. I came to praise God. And I'm sorry, but you're secondary to that. My praise and my worship is important. I love you, and, and, and I want to be there for you, but man, that for me is life. In my car, when I'm in traffic, I'm worshiping God. I mean, not perfectly every day, every minute of the day, of course, but you know what I mean, right? I, I choose the moments. And I get in my car intentionally and I say, no, 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 no talk radio, no political talk. I'm tired of that crap. I'm going to worship God. Amen. There's a breakthrough coming. Satan is a loser. And he wants you to feel like a loser, but you're not. You're a winner. You're victorious in Jesus name. Not in your own work. Not in what you've done. But what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says that we have a high priest that empathizes with us. I was telling Cynthia the other day that Jesus was on the cross. And he was like, Father, why have you forsaken me? Think about this for just, just a few moments. Jesus is God. Okay? But on the cross for just a few moments of desperation... He says, Father, why have you forsaken me? In his moment of desperation, as a human, his human side felt abandoned by God. But he knew those were just feelings. He knew that wasn't the reality because he's God. And he says, but I commend you, my spirit. Meaning you have my soul and my spirit in your hands. You've not left me, Lord. I'm, I'm in your hands. I'm with you. So sometimes we're going to feel like, Father, where are you? Like, like where are you? I don't feel you. Why have you forsaken me? We're going to feel like that sometimes. But I'm telling you right now, if you dedicate yourself, we're here, what, maybe two hours out of a Sunday? Of, out of seven days, we're here two hours. Two hours, y'all. That's it, Two hours. And we can't give it our all. We need to change that. We need to give it everything. <sighs> Heaven was so quiet in that moment. Jesus is on the cross. Jesse was talking about it. He didn't know I was going to say, say that. 
Heaven was quiet. Heaven was looking. They were like, their attention was on this moment on the cross. And they were, they were expectant. The disciples had dispersed, except maybe for John. The disciples had dispersed. He was dying. He was dying. Humanly, he died, guys. He died. That's the miracle of it all. That he died, but he rose again. Amen? He rose again. And then these two humble women came on the third day. On the third day, y'all, he came, he, they came with herbs and spices for his body. They didn't come to, to, to see that he had resurrected. They came to take care of his dead body. They came, and they came, and, and they saw that the rock had moved. And then they saw that the tomb was empty. And then Jesus had been risen, amen? And it says that his clothes, his grave clothes were folded in the tomb. They were folded. That means he got up, he resurrected, changed clothes into his praise clothes, and, and put his death clothes, folded them really nicely, and put them down because he was no longer dead. He was alive. And he had nothing to do with those grave clothes. And I'm telling you, you are no longer dead. You are alive, church. You are alive. Take your grave clothes away. Put on praise. Put on worship. And praise and worship God. I heard that when a... When a when a rabbi uh, was being served uh, dinner, that he would take his napkin and he would fold it. When he was done, he would put it on the table. And the servant knew that, that he was done. If he put it on, uh, you know, like, like on the plate, he, the servant knew that he wasn't done. He was just maybe taking a break or going somewhere. Jesus folded the napkin that wrapped around his head. He folded it and put it down. He said, it's finished. I'm done. I'm done. We are alive. Amen? I haven't read the Bible yet, huh? All right. I'm going to give you reasons to celebrate. You ready? We're going to finish with five reasons to celebrate. Go to Romans chapter 8. And let me know when you have it with a loud amen. And that was fast. Romans 8.34. The first reason is Jesus died, rose, and sits in heavenly places. Amen? It says, Romans 8.34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Paul says, who then will condemn us? And how does he answer in the NLT version? How does he answer that? No one. Church, are you listening? Who will condemn us? No one. Why? Why will no one condemn the church? Because Christ Jesus died for us. He was raised to life for us is sitting in the place of honor for us and pleading, uh, pleading for us. And Jesus doing the work in heaven also for us. And we're not celebrating. We're not praising. 
He died for us, was raised for us, sitting and pleading for us still to this day. You know what the awesome thing is? You died and rose with him. Go to Ephesians 2.6. We've been looking at this at, at the gathering at Bible study. Ephesians 2.6. Are you there? It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who will condemn us? He, he, he died for us. He, he rose to life for us. He's sitting in heavenly places and he's pleading for us. And then Paul says in Ephesians that he raised us from the dead and we're sitting in the place of honor with Jesus. With Jesus right now in heaven. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, church. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Picture in your mind. Just picture the throne of God. Picture Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Now you're sitting with Jesus. There's worship happening. The four elder, the 24 elders, the four living creatures, the myriad of angels worshiping Jesus, worshiping God. Open your eyes. There you see joy. Amen. No sadness. No tiredness, no depression. There you see joy and praise and worship. So Jesus, this is one reason to celebrate. This is just one reason. I, I, I could probably end here. And I only picked five. This is but just one reason to praise. Jesus died, rose, and is sitting and pleading for us. Then he, then he says, you died, you rose, and you're sitting as well. What, what happens when you sit? You're, you're resting, right? When you sit, that's what you guys are sitting right now, and I'm standing, but I'm going to sit down right now. When you're sitting, and your job's done, and you're just sitting there. Man, that was good. We won. You see that, God? We're winners. We won. We're victorious. That's what's happening right now. Right now. Look at Hebrews 1.3. I love this. We're going to read a, a few things. Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3. You ready? All right, let's, let's read it. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun radiates, sun as an S-O-N, radiate, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Man, he cleansed us and he sits and he's like, the job is done. We're good. As far as salvation goes, 
we're finished. Amen? Second reason, Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Let me know when you're there. Luke 15, 10. Amen? In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. How many repented sinners we have in the house? Amen? You're no longer a sinner, but you repented. And heaven celebrated. Is there at least one sinner that repents every day? Can, can we make that assumption that maybe just one in 24 hours of our, our time repents? So heaven is celebrating all the time. But we're like, oh, no, I don't know, though. Right? Maybe it's just me. Remember what I said. Celebrating in heaven is normal. And celebrating is when God wins. When God wins, we all win. Amen? So when a sinner repents, angels celebrate. We should celebrate. We repented. People around us, the church of Jesus Christ, all around the world, worshiping. 24 hours because of time zones. There's always worship going on, especially on Sunday, all day long. Nowadays, it's not a big thing when a sinner repents. But it should be, especially in this house. We should celebrate that someone came to the feet of Jesus that they repented, that they're saved, they're no longer going to hell. They've given their lives to Jesus Christ for salvation. Jesus has rescued them. And the angels celebrate. Why do you think the angels celebrate? Because they don't know what that feels like. When the angels messed up millions of years ago with Lucifer, there was no repentance. There was no option for repentance for them. That's a whole other topic. But there was no option, amen? But for us, man, there's grace. There's grace. There's grace for you. You can never get too far away from God. The third thing, God has not and will not ever lose. You believe that? Look at what it says in John 6, 39. And this is the will of God, says Jesus, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up on the last day. This is the will of God that I should not lose not even one, not even one. The problem is, the problem is that we sometimes fight battles that God's not fighting. Amen? If we want to win and celebrate, it has to be what God is doing. Let's partner up with God. What is he doing? Look at what Jesus is saying here. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even uh, one of all those he has given me. Satan is a loser, not God. Amen? 
So we got to partner up with God. This is his passion here. The passion of if, uh, if, if Jesus was here right now, he'd tell you personally, my passion, my desire, the, the Father's desire is for all those people that are out there, that you live amongst, that you go to school with, that you go to work with, all of those people, I want them in. I want them saved. That is my desire. I don't want to lose not one of them. Amen? That should make us celebrate. Celebrate. Number four, Holy Spirit is with us. Go to John, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This one we should read together. Acts 1, 8. I love this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So the fourth thing is the Holy Spirit lives in us. This is a reason to celebrate. Guys, this is a reason to celebrate and to praise God. Give him our all in worship in our lives. Worship is basically obedience. It's following Jesus. It's loving him. It's relationship. This should be like a motivation. The Holy Spirit is in us. Jesus died and rose again. Right? We sit in heavenly places with us. He'll never lose, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Joy, peace, and righteousness are inside of us. Kindness and patience and, and all of those good, amazing things that the Holy Spirit brings live inside of us. These are reasons to celebrate. Right? Yesterday we went to my nephew, my new nephew's birthday party. He was, was turning one. And uh, it was a party, let me tell you. Okay? My in-laws know how to party. They, they, they get down. And uh, I was just admired by the celebration. Now, the little boy, I don't think he knows what's going on. It's just an assumption of mine. He's one year old, and he's kind of half asleep sometimes. He's eating. He's, he's one. But, man, everyone is so happy and celebrating this kid. He's turning one. Right? Celebrating. Wow, it was a big party, karaoke, candy. This clown came. She was kind of creepy a little bit, but none, nonetheless, it was a happy time. Celebrating. Little kid doesn't know, right? But we know how to celebrate is what I'm getting at. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate sports events. It's in us to celebrate. We know how to celebrate. But I don't know the, what happens in the disconnect when we, we walk into church. It's like we're a whole different person. It's like, okay, it's time for church. Do you remember uh, when you used to take school pictures in middle school and they told you to smile but you didn't know how? Anybody ever go? And, and they're like, smile, and you're like. And I don't know what happens to us, but we, we change like, so, like we're something else. 
And the way that God created you was to celebrate, to have fun, to worship him, to be expressive, to just be free. You're, you, you've been set free. Amen? I heard a story about this guy that I think he was in, at Bethel Church. And he walked in. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, suggesting anything. This is just what happened. He walked in. Uh, what's that movie? He was dressed up in a kilt. Uh, fake sword. Uh, uh, Braveheart. And he was painted on his face. And he came in and... And he was just yelling freedom the whole time. You know how at the end, he runs, freedom! You remember that part of the movie? And he's just running around, freedom. Now, I'm not suggesting you dress up or anything, right? But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, something has to happen. There has to be breakthrough in us. We got to be people that celebrate. We got to be the happy ones, the joyful ones. Look at how much God loves you. I'm just going to read this to you. Romans 5. Romans 5.5, 5, I love this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. How much does he love you? He says, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So he loves you so much that he gives you his love. His Holy Spirit is all love so that your hearts would love. Since he is in us, then we should celebrate. Amen? Number five, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Yes, that is a book in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Amen? We're just going to go for it. Listen to this. I love this. If anything, does it make you celebrate? And now, dear brothers and sisters, hey, both of us, brothers and sisters, starting off good. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. He who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, listen, first, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we, I love how he includes himself here, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. <laughs> then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other. With these words. Man, what a picture of the glory of heaven. Jesus once again leaving his throne. And once again not coming empty handed. 
He comes with the believers that have gone before us. And, and I'll include myself like Paul. We who are alive will be caught up in the air to meet with Jesus in the clouds. And we will not only meet with Jesus, but we will see the people that we haven't seen in a while. And we will reunite as a family. And that's the hope that we have. That's a reason to celebrate Jesus is coming back. Jesus will meet us once again. He says, look, I leave for a time. I leave for a time and you can't go where I go just now. But I don't leave you alone. I leave the Holy Spirit, the comforter with you. But I will come back. I go to my father's house to prepare a home for you, my bride. And one day, according to Thessalonians, the bride will rise. The bride will rise up. First, the ones that have died in him will go first. And those of us who are alive will meet him and all our family in Christ. That is a reason that all of us in this place should be shouting and celebrating. Even the shout, he says, Jesus will shout with the voice of the archangel. With the trumpet call of God. To announce the return of Jesus Christ. We are waiting for you, Jesus. We are waiting for you, God. Not with desperation, but because we love you, God. We are waiting for you because we're in love with you. Because you love us, Lord. And we want to meet you one day face to face. How are you living, church? Are you living with that in your mind, in your heart? That Jesus is coming back. And that's a reason to celebrate here on earth. Jesus is returning. I love how he comes with all the people that have gone before us. I love that. I love that so much. Because honestly, he didn't have to do that part. He could have came on his own. He could have came with angels to welcome us, John. But he comes with the people that he has saved. He says all the believers before. That means Abraham, David, Daniel, everyone. The people that have gone before that you've lost, perhaps, will be there waiting for us, welcoming us. This is a reason to celebrate. Y'all, please understand this. We get caught up in, in so many things, so many Weird things going on in the world. Meanwhile, Jesus is desiring and hungry for us to break through in praise and worship and celebrate him for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for what he's going to do. Let's be those kind of believers, those kind of disciples. This is perspective that we would celebrate with heaven now for what he's done and for what he's going to do. Now the enemy who's a loser may try and come and distract you. But now you have at least five things, five reasons. Just five, just five. Or maybe you can just grab one or two for your own personal life. Maybe for you it's like 
you, you'll remember one. You'll say, I know Jesus, he, he, he died, he rose, and he's sitting in heavenly places and pleading for me. That's reason enough for me to worship. I know that, that maybe he'll never lose anyone. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm with him all the time. Maybe that's, that's the one that, that resonates with you. Maybe the, you, you, the one that resonates with you is the Holy Spirit lives in me. I'm not alone. I'm not empty. God lives in me. Or maybe for you, like it is for me, is that Jesus is returning. And that's reason for me to lift my hands when things aren't working out. Bless you. When bills haven't been paid. When you didn't get the promotion. When, when your car broke down. That's reason enough for me to lift my hands and say, Lord, I worship you. Because you're with me. And in you, I'm a winner. I'm victorious. And I'm destined. I'm destined. I'm destined. I'm destined. I have purpose. I have purpose. I have destiny in you. That's how God wants us to live. So in community, all these things are important. God made you with that in you so that when you get with the family of Christ, that you want to do great things. It's in you already. But these are reasons why you should just let it out during worship in your own personal life. Praise and worship and celebrate God. Amen? All right. Let's get on our feet, church. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We pray that you are filled and encouraged by today's message. For more information about Grace and Love, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Grace Love Church. Make sure you check us out again next week. Thanks again, and God bless you.